Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good Saturday afternoon. I was just speaking with our guests, and I abruptly had to end because I saw that we only had five seconds before we went live. She did a lot better than me. She called in earlier than I did to my own show. So I, I just want to welcome all of you. Just change things up a little bit today. I know we normally start on Saturdays at 11 o'clock here in Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. or New York City time. Uh, but I had a homegoing service to go to today that started at 11, so pushed it back and appreciate our guests for being so accommodating with her, her busy schedule to go with the 4 o'clock start, which came around very, very, very quickly. So I want to thank all of you, and as I always tell you, I am so, so happy that you are here with us here today on Off the Shelf. Our our reader, our listener base, it just keeps on growing, and, and I, I can to be a huge blessing as we head into our ninth year. Every week I see the stats. They just keep going up, 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 up. So I'm 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 very happy about that. For those of you who have been our loyal listeners and you headed into that ninth year with us here at Off the Shelf, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're here on the East Coast, I hope you're getting ready and prepping for what they say could be a storm coming through. I think it's supposed to hit maybe tomorrow and hang around through Wednesday. I hope it doesn't come, but if it does, I hope that you are prepared. And for those who, it's your first time coming around to Off the Shelf here at Blog Talk Radio, maybe you just a, a Saturday, you're like, wow, what am I going to do? Or you're doing something around your house and you want something good to listen to. I'm glad you stopped by. And we have a awesome guest and you, from a unique topics perspective, something that we haven't had before here on Off the Shelf. But for those who's your first time, I want to introduce myself. I'm your host, Denise Turney, and as I always tell you, I'm coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. And I thank you, thank you for your support, and I encourage you, don't let another day pass before you pick up a copy of my new book, Love Pour Over Me. You're going to get mystery, you're going to get in, in, in wonderful, wonderful uh, romance relationship between these two people who meet while they are in college, actually in uh, Pennsylvania, and it's complicated, rewarding relationships and intrigue and some high-paced, high-paced pace um, on the edge of your seats scenes. You're going to feel so good when you put this book down. Again, you can get a copy of Love Pour Over Me today at online retailers everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Ingram Digital, iTunes, Google Reader, you can also start enjoying Love for Over Me by going to our website at www.chistel.com. The lowest I've seen in ebook is Amazon for just $3.03, and the book's almost 300 pages. So that, I think that's an awesome, awesome deal. And now, let us go to the moment that you have been waiting for, and I'm excited myself. I am so excited about today's show because of the topic of the show. So let's go meet our special guest. And today's off-the-shelf feature guest is Myrna Goldbaum. Myrna is a palmist and a writer. She is the author of the books, May I See Your Hand, Palm Reading for Fun and Profit, Soulmate Connections, and so and I remember years ago when everybody was talking at Soulmate, 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 and Diary of a Palm Reader, I know she would absolutely love it if you visit her online at www.MyrnaLoupalmistry.com, and that's M-Y-R-N-A-L-O-U-P-A-L-M-I-S-T-R-Y.com. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Myrna. Well, hi. Thanks for having me, Denise. I'm looking forward to this today. It should be fun. Yes, I'm so excited and I'm ready to learn a lot. Okay. I am ready to learn a lot today, as I'm sure our <laughs> listeners have. And I bet you of all your books, something tells me that Soulmate Connections is the one. That's the hot seller. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I would That's imagine a... everybody's looking for that perfect person. They feel would compliment them. We don't want to you know, take too many risks in that area and get our hearts, our feelings bruised. But I want to start. Where did you grow up? Okay, I, I was born in Dayton, Ohio. And now I live in Colorado. Oh my goodness! Wow, we're about in in Dayton. Um, It was. um, I went to Fairview High School, and I was in North Dayton. Wow! I'm saying wow because I was born in Dayton. (laughs) Oh my God! Where were you from? 
I, I was I was born in Miami Valley. Yeah, and my so grandparents was I, same hospital. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And I was gonna ask you, I know see I know Dayton now, you were talking. What 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 was your childhood like though, growing up? Well, in it was Dayton? a protected, beautiful little city. <clears throat> and Dayton was called Dayton the City Beautiful because it was clean. The streets were wide and, you know, everybody made sure and cleaned up after themselves. And the yards were all manicured. It was beautiful. And it was a small town that outgrew its boundaries, and now it's a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Now you got Trotwood and... Right. You have uh, Kettering and all those yeah. other... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Centerville. Yes, yep, yes, Dayton Mall and the Salem Mall is not as big as it used to be, but well, when what? I went, when I lived there, they had a thing called Miracle Mile, and that's been gone for a long time. Miracle Lane oh. was on Salem Avenue. Okay, now, now, when did you start reading palms? Um, when I was pe- ten. And, and I wanted to ask you, what piqued your interest? Okay, here's how I started, and then your listeners will get it. Um, I was in the fourth grade, and I was about 10, and my mother was a nurse at an osteopathic hospital in Dayton called Grandview, and I showed up for a ride home after school, and I took two buses to get there. I had to transfer, and she couldn't leave because the next shift didn't show up, and she was the charge nurse, and she had all the narcotics and everything. She was in charge of stuff. So she said, we can't leave. We have to stay eight hours. And I got noisy, and I carried on about sick people and smells in the hospital, and I didn't like it. So she said, here, sit down and read this book. And she pulled the book off of the volunteer's wagon, and she didn't have time to look at the title or the author or anything, and it was a book on palm reading. So I sat there and read that, and it got my attention. And then I went back every day for the rest of that semester, every single day after school, to study it because it's pretty complicated. And then I looked for that book for 45 years, and I could never find it. I looked in bookstores and antique stores and old bookstores. I looked everywhere. So I wrote my own, and that's what May I See Your Hand is. It's a way for a person to teach themselves. So that book has illustrations, snapshots, um, explanations, everything. And the kind that I do is not Hindu-Indian. The kind of palmistry that I practice, and I'm still doing it to this day, is called Asian or Oriental palmistry. comes from China and that way. And so um, palmistry that started, the Hindu, is from the year 2000 B.C., and this kind started in 3000 B.C., and I've been doing it 62 and a half years. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> so I wrote that first book, but this is the kicker. I was doing a fair in Boulder, Colorado on the uh, green, which is in front of the courthouse outside under a tent. And the man sat down, and I read his hand, and he says, You know, I have a book at home that sounds just like the way you do readings. They don't call it the heart line and the headline and fate line. They call it life, love, work, just what you're doing. So I said, oh, is that book brown? He said, how would you know that? I said, is it a six-by-nine shape book, not just a regular shape? He goes, yeah. I said, is there a great big hand on the front that kind of dips in like a wavy line? He goes, you know that book? I said, that's the one I learned on. So he gave it to me. Oh, he lived in one town across from me. We lived in a town called Louisville, Colorado. He lived in Superior. So after the fair, I went to his house. He gave me that book, and I gave him, may I see your hand? We traded. Isn't that cute? And I asked him where he got it. He said he bought it in Maine when he was on a camping trip with a whole bunch of other people, and they all stopped at a flea market, and somebody had it there. So I thought that was pretty. So that validates me because that book is exactly the way I wrote this one, and it's the same. They don't say heart line, headline, fate line. And so I talk about the five basic lines, life, love, work, reproduction, and the bracelets. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And over the years, I got a lot better. So when I was 10, I wasn't very good. And I learned on my sister, who was six. Wow. Did you? you, Go ahead. And with accuracy? I mean, I'm sure you, like you said. Well, now I'm pretty, now I get 90 to 95%. This morning I did three (sighs) readings in my house. And all three of them said, well, you were right on. I said, do you have any questions, anything I didn't get? Oh, no, you got it all. And they come with a list of questions and throw it away because by the time I'm done, it's so thorough and so specific to that person that they don't, I got it. 
Now, now, uh, just before we go on, because I haven't studied it, but I'm told it's somewhat like a science. Some people really believe in science, uh, uh, astrology. And so uh, what I wanted to, I had I read this somewhere. Anybody dipping into astrology or any of those types of uh, sciences or, or mm-hmm. trying to understand modalities. Yeah. that really what comes becomes of our lives is up to us. So if you if you decide you want to change something in your life, it's not like you are tied to a reading. Okay, and well you can't. with the hand, you're born with the hand that's the size of a fifty cent piece and you have marks on there and lines already. Then the baby grows up and has experiences and everything that is really, you know, important is marked on the hand and there's a record there. So of course a newborn doesn't have any experiences yet. But let's say they had to go through open-heart surgery because they had a hole and it was a congenital thing in their heart. It would show on the hand. So um, when I wrote this book, I had to make sure it was right, and I did some research. And I found out that in 1967 in America, every medical school has one whole day, and they spend on oriental palmistry. Wow. Isn't that something? Because this is the kind they use. That's not something you hear about. Well, when you go to the doctor, doesn't he shake your hand when you come in? They say, hi, come on in, and they feel your hand right away to see if it's wet or dry, what kind of, you know. They get a lot of impressions from that right off the bat. They're reading you. What What is it about our hands? Because I think I, I consider myself to be somewhat intuitive, and I can pick up vibes off of yeah, people. Yeah, well, your way, of- you have a lot of psychic ability. It's ESP or that sixth sense. Everybody's born with it. Some people use it, some people don't. And yours kicked in when you were young. Some some people um or one one little girl I I read a book. She's she's an adult now, but she said when she was a kid there was this priest her mother at the at the church they would go visit and she was able to see colors. Yeah, she, some people get, see colors, some people yes. see auras, some people yes. I don't do that. I can't see that. What I do is I get flashes, um, like if I touch the person. Today, one of the ones I read, I said to her, oh, your mother had a lot of trouble with you when you were two years old with eating. And she says, yeah, I'm still a peaky eater today. And I said, but you wouldn't eat green beans, peas, anything the color green. She goes, yeah, I love it now, but back then I wouldn't. So when I touched her hand, I said, I just got an impression. You tell me if I'm right. But I said, one day she told you you couldn't leave the table until your plate was empty, and you took each little green pea and put it under the plate. And she said, oh, look, you finished your meal. And she left. She let you go play with your toys. She did the dishes, picked up the plate. There was all the green peas in a little round circle where the plate was. She goes, yeah, I did that. Oh, now, how would I know that if I didn't, you know? Oh, oh yeah. I, 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 t- I tapped in psychically and got that. See? Wow. So we all have psychic ability. Oh, I believe that. But I've been using mine for 62 years, big time. And so now I'm. My husband can't ever lie to me because I know. <laughs> and you know what? If you don't use it, and sometimes certain situations will cause you. If you feel like you're constantly in a dangerous situation, that mm-hmm. can sharpen that skill too, because you have to be more alert. Well, we and all I, have antenna, and your yeah. antenna are working sometimes better than others. But if you get that flight and fright thing, you better move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's an example of that. I was in a bank, and I had a big fist of money. I was going to make a deposit from a big fair I'd been in, and I probably had five, $600 in bills in my hand. And in my head, I heard three people behind me in line without saying a word. They were thinking it, and I picked up their thoughts, and they were going to rob the bank. And they were actually seven behind me. There were three rows of people going up to the tellers. So I left the bank, jumped in my car, and drove home. Now, it should have taken 15 minutes. The money was still in my hand when I walked in the door, and I turned on the radio, and the bank just got robbed. Wow. I picked up on that. Do you you think, and I I want to get back, back to the questions, but do you think that comes from often we do get those we do get those those some people call them hunches or your inner your inner guide speaking but a lot of times mm-hmm. we'll reason we will reason it away of course 
Of course, yeah. sometimes you go, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong. Nah, I'm not going to do that. But something made me get in that car and drive 90 miles an hour. I went through every traffic light. And I don't know why they weren't behind me, but in my mind they were. And I got yeah. home and I put the radio on just for fun. And darn, if they didn't say that somebody in line seven ahead got um, a bullet shot into the ceiling, came down and got her elbow, and that's right where I was standing. Wow. I would have been the next one. you got to listen to it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that time I listened. I called my husband at work, and I told him. And he goes, well, what are you all excited about? It's over with now. But it made the news and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, you know? yeah, that's a, yeah. What is it about our hands? I know you, you you just briefly went into it when we're born. You know, we have these prints on our hands. Mm-hmm. What is and it then, about our hands that allows them to reveal so much about us? And why our hands? Why well, some, some people can read bumps on the head or the feet or other things okay. or auras or colors. Right. I just learned how to read the lines, and I get the whole story right from the lines. So, um you're born with that. You ha- it's a record of you. It's not about your parents or your children. They're not even on there. The possibility of how many kids you could have might be on there, but not what you actually had. Then as you have, for instance, you got your heart broken when you're 16, it's going to show. You get engaged and then you break the engagement, it's going to show. You have three divorces, that shows. So things that are big, life-changing things that happen to you, are marked there. I don't know what it's why it is. It just is. Your brain did it. You know, your wow. brain is what created the hand in the first place. Wow. And so it's it's just fascinating. I have never gotten tired of doing this. My mother yeah, once I can said imagine. to me, my mother once said, "Are you aren't you bored yet? Why are you still reading poems? You know, these many years later." She said that when I'd been doing it fifty, and I said, "Because no two hands are alike. Even your own two aren't the same." And I said, there's a story on every hand, and it's a plethora of ideas, and I love to write. So I said, I have something to write about every day in my life because wow. every single reading I do, there's juice. Now, what, yeah. what about, what about uh, is so the, the brain does this, and the brain also gives us dreams. Like if you have a recurring dream, people will say you got to pay attention to that recurring Dream. Well, but dreams usually are the opposite of what's bothering you. And we do seven or eight a night, and nobody remembers more than one. Once in a while, somebody will remember a snatch of the second one. But usually you remember the last one. And so when you first fall asleep and then you have REM, you know, the better sleep, then you start waking up. And just as you're waking up, you remember that last one. And usually we start in all of our dreams. So here's the example there. Let's say that you invited 10 people for dinner to your house, and you have a list, or you're going to invite them, you haven't yet. And all night long you're fighting yourself because you only own eight chairs. And you go, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'll have to stand up. So will somebody else. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? And that night you dream about ice cream sundaes and six friends coming over to put toppings on their sundaes in your kitchen. And the next morning you go, I know, I'll take two names off the list. I haven't invited anybody yet. So you helped yourself get over the hump by seeing the fun with the ice cream because you knew that you have six chairs for sure. You knew you have eight, but you don't have ten. See? That's my example. Wow. Yeah, because dream interpretation is tricky. You can you can interpret dreams. And well, I, would, I, would wonder, I would wonder the same thing about reading hands. Can't, do they just have one meaning? Because dreams can have several meanings. No, and the then, hands only have the reading. No, there is only one meaning. But okay. um, <clears throat> what I call the lifeline and what Hindu Indian calls it is a different place on the hand. But if you measure it, we get the same answer. So it's all in the eye of the beholder. It's in the one who's doing the reading. For instance, I could tell somebody, well, your ancestors lived into the 90s. And they'll say, that's right. How do you know that? And I show them on their hand because they aren't done living yet, so it isn't going to show how long they're going. It shows what they come from. The gene pool that you come from is on your hand. So, See, so, so Go ahead. Okay, so hands are um, like a barometer in a way, because it shows ups and downs in your life. It shows where you're headed, what you should be doing, where you made did something wrong, you know, where you made a wrong turn. Some people settle and they'll stay wherever they are and just give up. Other people fight for what they want or need or where they're going. So it's all different. It depends on your personality and how you handle life. 
Wow. See? Now, do you think when you talk about the hand, you say it t- it really tells us it's a little bit about your future, but it tells a lot about your past. Do you think our lives are pre-planned, and if so, why? No, I don't think so. I think you have experiences that happen as you're going through. Some of the lines are there, <clears throat> but then, you know, a newborn baby, how could it be pre-planned? I don't right. believe in that. I think that you earn your lines by living them. See? Okay. So I wrote three books. So my hand says um, the fingerprints also are part of hand reading. And I have what's called whirls on a couple of my fingers. And when you have whirls, it looks sort of like a, an arch. on a You know how a cave has an archway, doorway. And those are people who do writing. Actors have another kind of fingerprint. People who love to act and be in the public eye and, you know, be on the stage, you probably have the other kind. Then there's people that um, are introverted, and their fingerprints show that they were born shy and quiet. They're always going to be shy and quiet, and their personality is not going to change. Wow. Okay. Isn't that weird? What are the three the three biggest lines? Everybody's got those three. Okay. The those. main one is your lifeline. Then there's the love line, and then work. And then other things show up, and there's symbols. And so symbols could be on any of those lines. So on the lifeline, if you have the letter X, that means guardian angels. And if you have X's other places in your hand, it means good luck. And then there's all kinds of different things. A person could look for a double-sided X, which is called the star, and that's a double good luck, and almost nobody has that. Wow. Then there's um, islands, and if your hand has like little round places or little hoopy things on it, those are times in your life where you had bad situations and you had to get out of them, like a bad marriage or you didn't like where you lived or you hate your job. So those little islands show up on the line where you're having the trouble at the age that you had it. And then wow. there's allergies and there's um, stripes on the fingers, on the flanges of your fingers, and grids look like a tic-tac-toe. Then there's the soulmate pyramid, and there's a million things. Wow. So the book oh, that my I goodness. wrote is written so easy, this May I See Your Handbook. People, when I teach classes, everybody buys it, and they go out and use it like an encyclopedia. And they start reading people, and somebody will call me up and say, oh, my God, I made grocery money. And I say, what are you talking about? Well, I was in the line at the grocery store, and I started reading the people's hands in front of and behind me, and they were throwing bills at me, and I paid my groceries, you know. And they're all tickled with themselves because they bought the book because they taught themselves, basically. I teach it for two hours. Then they have the book, and they can sit down and go over everything that I talked about and read it, and then they have it. And it takes, you can do that. You the can whole learn class, how to two hours. You can, yep. Wow. Because so somebody can get your book and, and start to learn about how to read their own hand. Well, it would take them an hour to read the book, maybe mm-hmm. an hour to read it. Then they have to practice. You know how when you take piano lessons, you right. practice with one hand, then you get to two, then you're doing two with the foot pedal. Well, with this, you have to practice on somebody. You can read your own hand first. Actually, in the book on page 25 is a blank hand. And as you learn each of your own lines, you have to mark them in there. And once you know your own hand, you could read anybody. But for our listeners here, you're not saying to somebody, okay, you no longer have a choice in your life. You just got to follow what's on your hand. No, I didn't you- say that. No, that's what I'm saying. I just wanted to, I, I know, I, I hear you not saying it. I just want to clarify that for any listeners. That's right. No, that there's is, nothing predetermined. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you, let's you say that your lifeline shows you're only going to live to 80. You lose weight, you exercise, you start taking supplements, vitamins, you take care of business, um, you marry somebody younger, and you lived in 95. Right. I don't tell people, you, you're leaving at 80. I say, I see that you need to make some changes. Okay. Or how about getting more healthy? Or you know, I don't lecture them. I just show them what's there, and they, it's up. It's free will. You have to do what you have to do. Right, yeah. right. And and I think it's interesting where you say that it's the brain that la- literally puts these markings. <laughs> well, your brain gets impressed with the boyfriend that you're just madly in love with when you're 15, and then he dumps you. So your brain goes, oh. You're up, you're down, you're all over the place, and your hand shows an up, down, and all over the place. And you don't commit suicide. You go ahead and get another boyfriend. See? 
So that's what that wow. means. So the wow. book on soulmates that I wrote is because the average age of the people that I read, men or women, is between 40 and 60. Now, that doesn't mean I don't read kids or people 20s, because I do, or people 80s, because I do. But the average age is 40 to 60, and I do 3,000 a year in readings, 3,000 people. So I wrote the book called Soulmate Connections, and the reason I wrote it was every one of those people says to me, I've been married 23 years. I'm not happy. I look on their hand, and I go, well, I'll tell you why, and I get it. So the wow. subtitle of that book is, and you'll like this, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Relationships, Love, Romance, and Soulmates. So I tell stuff in the second book that people, even your mother, doesn't tell you. Wow. You know, now, which now, is the good part. <laughs> I was leading you. You also wrote, like you said, your soulmate connections. Are some people meant to be single? Um, I think, well, I'm a romantic, and I think everybody should have somebody, even if it's two women, two men, a man and a woman. I don't care. I don't make judgments. But I don't think anybody should be alone alone. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should have a partner. Well, a lot of people are married, but they don't have a partner, and they're lonely in their marriage. Or they never got married, and they think they're fine the way they are at 53. They don't need one. But they sure can't tell the wall that movie they just saw was funny, and the wall's going to answer back. But if you have somebody there, they go, yeah, that was funny, and you both giggle about the same thing, see? Right. So I think everybody should have somebody. So anyway, this book starts out, and it says how to recognize a soulmate. You connect on different levels, mistakes not to make, questions to ask, 15 qualities to look for in a mate, what is karma, will they stay forever, what do you need from each other. Um, There's just all kinds of stuff. How do you recognize them? Uh, how do you accidentally on purpose bump into the right energy? And there's 46 love stories in this book. And this is the best part. The first story is Irma Bombeck, who's from Dayton, ah, Ohio. Yeah. And I worked yes. at the Dayton Daily News when I was in high school. Okay. And um, she was she wrote a column, and I proofread it for her, and I'm the one that set the type. In those years, we had wow. hot linotype, hot molten metal. And you would hit a typewriter keys, and then this metal would come down and melt into the right slots to make words. Okay. She, I could, she could never find a mistake of my typing. Wow. She never wow. found a single error. So one day she came to me in the newspaper plant, and she said, I hear you do palm reading. And I was 16 then. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah. She sits down with me, and she says, gives me both her hands and says, read me. So I said, well, let's go where it's quiet. Everybody can hear because we were right in the middle of, you know, the editorial department. So we went and sat on some steps on the fourth floor of this dusty old building. It was the old Dayton Daily News. And um, I read, I said, I only need the hand you eat and write with. So she was right-handed, so I read her right hand. So I said, I see that you're going to jam-pack your life full of activities, kids, all kinds of things. At that time, she was married and lived in Miamisburg. You know where that is. And um, so I tell her all this stuff, and I said, I see you're going to write five books. She goes, oh, no, I'm just writing a newspaper column. I Mm -hmm. said, just wait. She wrote five books. Wow. So I saw that. Then the diary book has Phil Donahue in it. He's also from Dayton, Ohio. And I said, when I do readings, I get a plethora of stuff to write about, and that's where it comes from. They're real stories, you know. So I read Phil Donahue. He went to Chaminade, which was an all-boys Catholic high school. I went to Fairview. He came to a victory dance where our school won, and he never should have showed up there, but he came with four other guys. Five of them Mm -hmm. showed up. And they were looking for me, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I hear my name. And I turn around, and he goes, your reputation precedes you. We all want palm reading. So I said, okay. Was he he doing a talk show then? No, no, he was 17. Oh, okay. He hadn't done okay. it yet. So I took him into the cafeteria, and I read him, and I told him he's going to be the first TV talk show host, and he was. Wow. And then he went from WHIO-TV in Dayton to Chicago. Now he's in L.A. So when I wrote this book, which was about 19, uh, 2004, I called him up. I got a hold mm-hmm. of his number, and he's in L.A., and I said, this is a voice from your past. You probably don't remember me. I'm from Dayton. He goes, hello, Myrna. Wow. <laughs> my voice is a dead giveaway. But anyway, so I asked if I could use his name in my book because you have to have permission. Right. And he said, no, I'm going to have a big comeback. 
you can't use my name. I don't want to be in any old palm reading book. So I said, okay. So I call him Phil D., who married that girl, whose father was a comedian who championed St. Jude Hospital. So anybody <laughs> alive knows who that girl is, is Marlo yes. Thomas. Who did Marlo marry? Phil Donahue. So I yes. can't get sued for libel because I didn't use his full name. But I tell oh the story God. in there. So that one's the first story in that book. Wow. <clears throat> so the May I See Your Hand has O.J. Simpson. But I didn't oh. see him in person. I actually read him from the TV screen. Wow, wow. But I've read yeah, some, people you've heard of, like movie stars, yeah, too. Some people you can, I, I've I've done that. And like you said, we all have that. Some people, some things just come out. I remember when I saw Tom Hanks doing Bosom Buddies. I said, that guy is going big. And that Bosom Buddies was like a dumb TV yeah, sitcom. Yeah, he was young then, too. I yeah. said, that guy is going, he is going huge. And then I was actually in the movie theater with when I think it was O.J. Simpson in the movie Airplane with my sister. I felt I got this feeling, this ominous feeling. I wanted to run out of the theater. And then oh, one really? month later, yeah, and I realized months later when all that happened, I said, "Now I know why I felt that." But you he didn't pick, do it. You can his hand it. shows he did not do it. Oh, he's not a good guy. He did a lot yeah, of bad things. Yeah, but it wasn't but... so much that. I just I felt something. Like ominous coming over him. Uh, it's not. Well, he it, it, was yeah, a bad. Not, not, yeah, he had some bad juju on him. That's why. Yeah. So it's it's just something I picked up. It was just so I wanted to leave the theater. But um, huh. yeah, you can pick you can pick stuff up. But you 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 seem to be very clear. Sometimes I just get a feeling. You seem to be clear to know why. Well, I get the specifics. Getting, yeah, I got the yeah, specifics. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. day that they acquitted him, every time I put the TV on, he was up in there throwing his hand up, going, Yeah. You know, or, yay, I did it, or whatever. So I ran up and read his hand, and it said he was there. And we know that because his shoes were found in the blood and everything. But he didn't cut anybody. The other two yeah. did. And there were three yeah. of them. <clears throat> I used to live in California, and you do not wear a knit black sti- uh, stocking cap on your head with black leather gloves in June there. It's hot. And the three of them got dressed up like that. And they walked right down the middle of the street, six blocks, to her house. And I know who the other two were. I'm not going to say. But anyway, so he didn't do it. So he yeah, did the thing in Las Vegas, which wasn't so good. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah but so I, he, I, I I think most people thought he had something to do with it. Well. he didn't do it. Yeah. Um, I think it was just in the heat of the night. It was just they weren't planning to kill anybody. It was just going to scare her. And then it got out of control. Yeah. But um, I worked wow. on the John Bonet Ramsey case, you know, the little girl from Boulder, mm-hmm. Colorado. Mm-hmm. I worked with the police on that and the DA. And wow. I worked with movie stars and with Gerald Ford, used to be our president. I read him. Wow, wow. And so Actually, he told me. At... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. I met him at um, in Breckenridge, which is a resort place where he was the keynote speaker. And we were doing a thing where it was called Cirque du Soleil. That was the um, theme of the thing. And they had two palm readers, two jugglers, two belly dancers, two of everything. And so he came and got in my line with his five Secret Service people. And he goes, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't believe in this stuff. So I said, well, if I tell you something only you and I both know, will you believe me then? He said, you you prove it, and then I'll let you know. So I told Mm -hmm. him something. So I made the Secret Service back way far away because I didn't want them to hear. And I mm-hmm. told him something when he was 19 years old, and he jumps up and goes, I'm a believer. <laughs> so I got him. <laughs> but but do you think, I'm going to go back to the soulmates thing for our listeners who are, that yeah. might be something that they, do you think soulmates, I've heard people say soulmates might not be somebody that makes you feel good. They can all They can be people who will really, really test you uh, to help you to okay. grow and to awaken. Do you think there are people who make us feel good and just No, no, just no. Feel- Here's what I think a soulmate is. I think we've all lived here before, and depending on how many last past lives you have, that's how many soulmates you could have. So I was only here one other time, so I'm 100 years old plus now. Some people have been here 60 times plus now. That's stupid. If it's over three, normal is four to seven. So if somebody's been here more than 20 times, I say, what's wrong with you? Can't you get your karmic debt paid off? 
and that's what it is. It's karmic debt. It's somebody you knew in a past life that you didn't get to finish something with. And the example would be grandma and grandpa, and one of them died in the hospital, and the other one didn't get there in time to say goodbye. And this lifetime, you meet the person who was the grandma, and you're the grandpa, and you say, I'm so glad I met you. doesn't mean you have to marry him. It means you get to finish what you didn't get to finish. And sometimes it's just right. Two women could be, without being gay, could be soul sisters or two mm-hmm. men. It doesn't mean that you have to end up with them or live with them. Or be, It means they come together to complete and finish something. And when it's done, you could move on or you stay. Wow. So what, what, what? I've been here one other time, so I'm kind of a newbie. Okay. If average is four to seven. Wow. And what what inspired you to write Diary of a Palm Reader? And is that the story of your own personal life? No, no. What it is, um, the first one was how to do it. You know, May I See Your Hand is a teaching thing. The soulmate one is all the love stories, and there's 46 love stories in there, plus all the stuff I give. The first 17 pages is all the what to do and not do. And then the diary is murderers, kidnappers, embezzlers, blackmailers, ah. UFO people, ghosts, everything else that I see. And I see okay. it all. And I call people on it. So I've had two people who killed somebody. And I said to both of those men, it was at a fair in Colorado Springs. And I said, they're two different years even. And I said, I see you broke the law. And one of them said, well, yeah, here's my ankle bracelet. I just got out. And then it came out in the wash that he played... Um, chicken with somebody you know where two cars drive at each other and one doesn't veer off and he caused the death so he had to go to jail and the other one beat somebody up and the man got in a coma and then they put him in jail because the man never woke up wow it isn't because they went and shot somebody in the head but then i got a guy once i did a benefit for cancer at a shopping center and everybody was putting money in this jar and this man put a hundred dollar bill in and i said sir did you make a mistake because you can have that back i think you meant to put a five or a ten not a hundred and he goes no that's okay i look in his hand and i go "Uh uh-oh and he goes what and i go i see that you embezzled a hundred thousand he goes oh i paid that back i've served my time in jail uh, That's where that hundred came from. <laughs> yeah, his conscience too. Yeah, he really yeah. must have not felt like he really did pay it. How long yeah. did it take? How long did it take you to write Diary of a Palm Reader? Well, I had to rack my brain, and I went from 1956, that's when I met Phil Donahue, up mm-hmm. till 2004 when I wrote it, and I would say I probably put a hundred hours in it, which isn't very much to write a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, but you've been doing this. Yeah, you've yeah been, because you've been this doing was this. easy. All I had to do was think back what I said to somebody or what happened, and then I have it, you know. So this yeah. is only 117 pages, but these, this one and the Soulmate book make real good coffee table. You could set them down and just read one story, put it back, read another one another time. It's not like a, a novel where you have to keep the characters in mind because each story is different people. Right. Now, now what's, your, what's your take? And we talked about this a little bit before. I just want to make this clear for our listeners. Um, do you think some people get their palms read? I saw this play that Beyonce was in. She got her palm read or a fortune teller. And the fortune teller gave her some bad news, very bad news. And, and Beyonce's character, what do they call it, self-fulfilling prophecy? She, It's almost like... Now your mind grabs a hold of what somebody said, and you go out and actually make it come true. And no, no, some- no, no. No, here's what happened. There are fakers in every field, and there are fakers who say they're fortune tellers, and I don't say that. I say this is scientific or doctors wouldn't use it. So I never say anything negative, but I show people their possibilities and let them pick, you know, do what they want to do with it. So if somebody told her something was dire, really bad news, that they were wrong in the first place for saying it. Yeah, I don't believe in that. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's best to let each person explore their life on their own? Well, no, a lot of people need a little help out the door. They need a little push. They don't know which way to go with their career. They don't know if they're with the right person or the wrong person, or they seek a person. And so they sometimes need help. And that's, I think, mainly what I do is counseling. Yeah. You know, I was, I, so somebody once said, we just tell them what they want to hear. Well, that isn't true because we have plenty of crying. But I never scare anybody or have them run out of here going, oh, no. You know, I don't like mm-hmm. that. 
title. Now, yeah. how is psalmistry different from deep body work? I, I interviewed a woman, uh, and I forget what what her her what she did in her career, but it was something in the healing arts, and it's she said Reiki. that it's called energy healing. Yeah, that might have been what she did. She said she had she there was something she was trying to get through. I don't know if it was from her childhood or what, something somewhat traumatic, and she. She had gone to therapy. She tried that talk therapy. It didn't work. So she went to and get a deep body massage, and she said she just started crying, just really, really weeping, and things started to come up to her. And she said we can store memories in our body tissue. That's right. That's exactly right. And the person who was working on her released it all. It was bottled up or stuck there, and that person released it. And then she knew exactly what the next step she should take in her life was. Right, but I wanted because to it ask opened you, it all up for her, yeah. How, okay. how, how is what you do different from deep body work? Well, I prove people? every single line when I'm reading a person and I teach them as I do it. So that's sort of my signature or my uh, way to do things. So I say, okay, this is your lifeline. I want you to count it off with me. And they count it, and I say, now that's your heredity. That's the longevity you come from, not how long you're going to live. I don't say, oh, you don't have much time left. Hurry up. <laughs> you know. So then I show them each finger width is worth 20, and in between each. So let's do this. Put your elbow on your on your stomach, Denise. Okay. Throw your hand out in front of your face, your right hand because I'm doing your right hand. Now, bend it up towards your nose. Your fingers are going towards your nose. Do you see a okay. bunch of lines on your hand? Right. Okay, so yep. the longest line that starts on the baby finger side going towards the middle is your lifeline. Then you have a little fork at the end of it, and the fork represents your IQ. Then the love line starts on the thumb side of your hand, and it's like a wishbone on a turkey. And a person could have one, two, three, however many times they've been married. Then the work line is on the back of the thumb, on the heel side of the thumb. There's stripes there. And that shows what kind of work you've done, how much you've worked or didn't work, starting, stopping jobs. Um, If you're a doctor, it's going to show. If you only did administrative assistant stuff, it shows you're good at organizational. So then the baby finger tells about children. And so if you look at, if your hand is still out in front of your face, there's marks on the crease where your baby finger is connected to your hand. And so the ones that are standing straight up are boys, and the ones that are laying down are girls. And then I don't it shows, see all that. I don't, I must don't. not be. <laughs> okay, you have, a beautiful, you have a beautiful black hand, and your lines are wonderful. I could see them in my head right now. So you bend your hand towards your nose. Look on the crack on your baby finger where it's connected to your hand. You know, you have a crack on every finger. It's called the finger connector where you're connected to the hand. Okay. On the baby finger connector are some stripes. that Some are going up and down. Some are going sideways. Okay. See any marks there? Yeah. Those marks. Okay. Those are the marks that are what you could reproduce. So every female has billions of eggs, and every period we lose hundreds of thousands of them. And however many, the average person has four little marks there. And those little marks are people that could become little people. And it says if you had any kids, and I don't know if you did or not, yours would be perfect. They have arms, legs, a brain, be cute. That's all we care about. Wow. So you have four marks? Honestly, I, 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 I see a lot of lines. (laughs) <laughs> More than you four. see a lot of lines, and then you yeah. can't decipher it. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. so then I talk about the bracelets, and if you bend your hand towards your nose on your wrist, you'll see a whole bunch of rings or lines going across your wrist. Do you see those? Yeah, I see lines on my wrist, yes. Okay. So when we were in school, we all learned that when they chop a tree down, they know how old the tree is by the rings. Well, right. humans have rings, and each ring is worth 25 years starts on the baby finger side and goes across, that's first 25. Second one's 26 to 50. Third one goes up to 75. So that's how you can tell what a person's longevity is. Wow. Isn't that neat? So the hand is really scientific, and so is numerology, and so is astrology. And then the the tarot cards I don't think is. I think that's sort of black magic. Okay. 
See, so this isn't in that same category with that. This is not new agey stuff. This is stuff that's been around for centuries. Aristotle used it. You know, people in, in uh, Caesar used it. People in history used palmistry before they went into battle even. Wow. See if they're going to make it or not. See if this is their time to leave or if they're going to live through that. So um, the hand mirrors your soul and it, and your brain. And so I say the hand is the servant of the brain because if I told you to write your name, your brain says, pick up the pen. She wants me to write my name. And then you'd write your name. Why? Because the hand took the command from the brain that said, pick up the pen and do it. See? Well, yeah, yeah. You that, get that? that. I, yeah, I'm clear on that. What is the middle line in the middle of the palm? And then there's, there's like three main lines. Now, the first one you said is the longevity. What's that second one? That's the love line. Oh, okay. And then, and then I don't count any line as fate because your whole hand is your fate. And your other hand is utopia. So it's the hand you eat and write with that I read. People send me their hands all the time. I've talked to people in 93 countries so far. Now, and what the is reason, the other hand? You said utopia. What does that, that mean? That means wish, what you wish. We all wish the same thing. That's why I don't oh. look there. It means you wish you were healthy, wealthy, wise, oh. on vacations all the time and never had to worry about work or money ever. Wow. And who cares about that? You know, that isn't real. So wow. the real hand is the one that you were dealt at birth by God. And so your hand is a reflection of how you've lived that life so far. How could how could somebody tell or do you not do that to say I'm on track? When they say they're not on track or they are no, on or track. Or to say I'm on I'm on track. You go by how okay. you feel. You, you just say I feel a lot of peace, so I know I'm on track. You're right. If you're feeling peaceful and happy about where you are and what you've accomplished or where you're going, then you're on track. If not, you still have stuff you want to do and you still didn't get it accomplished. So then you go. I need to get on track, you know, because you're not. So if somebody admits they're on track and they go, I'm right where I want to be at this time in my life, this is what I've accomplished, I'm proud of me, they're mm-hmm. on track, and that's good. But everybody isn't. Most people have ambition and they want more than what they already have. They have something good, but they want to keep going. Right, See? right. They want more. Wow. And you don't have to ever settle and say, I'm done. Yeah, you know, so, I... I, I for me, I've always lately, I won't say the last 10 years, paid attention to dreams. But like you said, my son was telling me, you only remember the, you only remember a little bit of it. Right. You well, after remember, the age of 50. You think you remember it all, but you don't remember the whole dream. But after the age of 50, they start slipping. You start remembering you less. They slip away from you. So what happens is you remember some, but most of it's sort of getting away. But it doesn't matter. Your system gets it. Your insides get whatever you're supposed to get from that symbolism, from that dream. Because dreams aren't always what it, you think they are. No, so the no, other no. Night, I had a nightmare, and I never do, but my husband was out of town. I let both of our yellow labs sleep in the bed with me, and they were hugging on me and cuddling and happy to be up there and wagging their tail, and I fall asleep. And that night I dreamed that one of them ran away, which is the opposite of what happened. I had him in bed with me, but I dreamt right. she ran away because... Um, they were so I, dog was on my mind right before I fell asleep wow see and so I dreamt that she escaped and she got out the door and I never saw her again and then I woke up and they were both right where they were all night and I was so happy to see them but I dreamed wow. the opposite of what really happened wow uh, so if, I would love to oh go ahead no, no, go ahead. Fin- go I would love say. to tell your listeners to get in touch with me if they want any of my books I have them all I have stock from all of them. Okay. So the May I See Your Handbook is $20, and then okay. I charge 3 for shipping, and the publisher went out of business. It was called Woman in the Moon, and she's okay. no longer in business, so I have all the stock. Then Soulmate Connections is twelve ninety five and $2 shipping, and I have the stock for that one. And the diary is eleven ninety five, two dollars $2 for shipping. And I have an email. They can write to me if they want at HMG at private i and that's p r i v a t e the little letter i dot com and those are our initials howard myrna goldbaum and i go by myrna lou if anybody wanted to look me up um i was named for a movie star named myrna loy my mother okay. liked her 
And so okay. it's M-Y-R-N-A-L-O-U-P-A-L-M-I-S-T-R-Y.com. And on my website is two reels of a video that I made for NBC. They were going to do my own show on television, and then they changed their mind, and they decided to do reality shows. But to uh, me, the hand is reality, but they wanted, like, Jerry Springer-type shows. Oh, uh, okay. Do that. I don't do that. I do real stuff. So um, when I do, I do palm reading by scan. People scan my computer or their computer and send it to my email, and then they send me a check, and I can read it that way. Some people Xerox their hand and mail it, so I'm going to give my P.O. box. Okay. So it's Myrna Lou Goldbaum, P.O. Box 19081, Boulder, Colorado, 80308. So when I talk to people in 93 countries, some of them have to send me money through Western Union because I want U.S. American dollars. I don't want mm-hmm. yen or you know, other stuff. And some of them don't speak very good English, or they write it all in French, what they want, and I have to have somebody help me figure out what they're talking about. But it's okay because when you know I end up helping a lot of people, and that's sort of why I got into this. I made it wow. my full-time job in 1996. I quit working wow. corporate, and I've been doing it ever since full-time. So now I only work seven days a week, average of eight to ten hours a day. You're funny. Yeah, I know that, but I like it. You know, you're so funny the husband, way you said that. You just, well, that's my hilarious. husband said. My that's husband, hilarious. Good. So now I only work seven days a week. Yeah. Well, I used to do three events a day, oh, and now funny. I only do two. Oh, <laughs> I call hilarious. this an event. You know. So last night I did a party, and yesterday during the day I did readings all day. So today wow. I did three readings and you, you know, your show. No wow. party tonight, but tomorrow I have a party. Okay. And when I do palm parties, they be, you know, there could be 10 to 20 people, and I read each one of them for 20 minutes each, and that gets you pretty tight. My voice is about gone. From yeah. all the talking, wow! <clears throat> but I now, like now, it. I still like it. So, yeah, obviously. How can a book clubs and and organizations, if they wanted to schedule you for a public event, what would they do? Just go to your email address and, and right. work out right a schedule. To me and, yeah, right. Or look on my schedules on my website. It's enough to choke a horse. If anybody went to my website and then hit schedule, you would see that I have like thirteen things this month I'm doing. Last wow. month I probably only did eleven events. You know, but it's a lot of stuff because I'm in 28 fairs a year, and some wow. of them are out of town. I travel, and then oh besides that, I lecture and teach, and then I teach classes in marketing in my own house. Oh people, my a lot of people want to know how to market their show or market their acupuncture or market their they're a doctor and they want to know what to do to get more business. So I do marketing and I do soulmate counseling, and I put. 3,000 couples together, which is 1,500 men and 1,500 women. Wow. So they call oh me my the matchmaker. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. When you do what you love. This yeah. this hour is going, like, so incredibly fast. we got about seven minutes left. I want to definitely yeah. ask you this question. Okay. What did you learn about yourself while you were creating your books that you didn't know before you sat down to write them? Well, I found out that I knew a lot more than I thought I did. And I found out that it takes discipline to write a book. You can't just do it. You know, you have to really put time and effort into it. So what I found out was I could do it. So I wrote the first book in one hour, and you can't do a book in an hour, but it just flowed out of me, and it was channeled. And if you know the word channel, it means it came straight from God out of my hand, and I just wrote it longhand. Then I went to bed. I started it at like midnight one night, and I was Mm -hmm. really hot when I got done, and I went to bed. And we had a three-story house, and I was in the bottom, you know, the basement level. I went up to bed, and the next morning I went to work. And when I came home, I thought I'd throw a load in the washer. And when I did, I saw papers all over the floor in my palm reading room where I used to do the readings. And I yelled Mm -hmm. for my husband to come quick. And I said, we've been robbed. Come quick. And he said, this is your handwriting. I didn't know I did it. So we played a game called Concentration. You know that game? Yeah. Where you play, put everything down backwards, and then you match it up. So he, we had an L-shaped family room, and we had 100 sheets laid out on the floor. And he'd go, I have a thumb, and I'd turn one over and say, nope, baby finger. He'd say, I got a thumb, and i keep looking until I found a thumb. And we matched it up. And then when I had all the sheets in the right order, 
it took me hundreds of hours to type it, to get the illustrations, to get the pictures in there and everything. But I wrote it in one hour. I mean, it came out of me in one hour. Then I learned that I could do a book. So then that's when I decided a couple years later. I wrote that in 96. It came out in 97. Wow. I wrote it the year I quit corporate. I went on a radio show in Denver that was very popular, a drive-to-work show, and I was supposed to be on for 15 minutes, and they kept me on for two hours, and I booked 358 people from one show. Whoa. It took me a long time. Yeah, and you you approach it from a, 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 like you said a scientific, and you don't but just tell a, but people I'm very, anything. I'm like everybody's aunt Pearl. Nobody's afraid of me. You know, I'm just yeah. like regular people. So what happened was it took me six months to get through with 358 yeah, people, wow. but that made my career. So then I was glad that I quit corporate because that was a lot of fun. But those years I charged thirty a reading for an hour, and now I'm up to ninety. <clears throat> because way back then, 30 was like 90 is now. You know, it's just yeah. different. So some of my friends charge 175 for a reading or 125. I wouldn't do that. I charge what I would pay if I was going to hear me. And I wow. think 90 is about is fair, you know. Yeah. So now, people... Now, now, oh, go ahead. How can our listeners get copies of of your books, how can well, I mean, they would email me? Okay, they're on Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Okay. The publisher's okay. called by it's mm-hmm. called Infinity Publishing, okay. and it's called Buy Books on the Web dot com, and they could get it from them. They could get it from me. I don't charge tax. I pay it for everybody, but I do charge shipping. But uh, Infinity has the two: the Diary and the Soulmate book, okay. and nobody has but me the May I See Your Handbook. But I, I go to the post office almost every day because I'm mailing out books all the time. Wow. So that's oh a fun thing, too. Jeez, so when I say I'm busy, um, just to give you an example, today I read the last person I read was the 50,541st hand. Wow. And that's in 62 and a half years. So I've been keeping track, and every one of them are documented. Wow. Oh, my goodness. You Isn't go to your something? mom takes you to the hospital with her. To, she's at work and look what it turns into. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I gave her my book on soulmate to read when she was laying in hospice, and she said to me, "Myrna, this is a very well written book. Who wrote it?" And I thought, yeah. she's "Not all with it. I better show her." So I flipped it over and showed her on the back as my picture. She goes, "Oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever written by you." So I got an attaboy. It took a long time. <laughs> She wow. was. She died the next day, but I got an attaboy out of her. Wow! So she, she actually complimented it, not knowing that I wrote it. Well, yeah, and she forgot and I had given time. it to her. Yeah. Are, are you on any social media networks? And if so, where can our off the shelf? Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. I don't do Twitter. Um, those are the two that I use the most. And okay. people write to me on Facebook all the time too. Do you and ever, on there, do you, it's Myrna Lou Goldbaum. I have to go by the middle name <clears throat> because Myrna Lou is eight letters and Myrna is five, and eight means prosperity and money. <laughs> and wow. five is good luck. Wow. So I go with the eight, so I use my middle name too. Wow, wow, wow. Do you ever think, with just about two minutes left, that you'll ever sit down and write a novel? I'm writing one now. This is the best news of all. I'm writing a book, and it's called Cruise to the Other Side. And it's um, I go on cruises all the time, so I know the inside of a cruise ship like the back of my hand. This is a paranormal about a mother and daughter, and the mother falls down the atrium steps and dies, and then she keeps trying to contact the daughter to let her know she's all right. And so that's just about finished. My sister's helping me punch it up now, and then I'm going to go for a publisher. That'll be my first paranormal. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And when you know, far off the shelf listeners who might have tuned in late, and I hope you go back and listen to the to the beginning of the interview. Well, Myrna talks about how she got started reading palms because it's very interesting how she got started reading palms. I I I, I mean, I have so enjoyed. This show. So this oh, whole my hour, goodness. I did too, because the hour flew by. It was wonderful. And I hope yeah. I hear from some of your listeners. Yes, and I do too. And I, 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 I truly enjoyed today's show. And uh, to our off-the-shelf listeners, again, you can check Myrna Lou um, 
gold bomb out at her website, which is Myrna Lou could, Palmistry. Yeah. Or what they could Google say? my name, and you get 28 pages all about different things I'm in and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So if you just do Myrna Lou Goldbaum or Myrna Lou Palmist, they would get 28 pages. They could look up anything they want about me. Wow. And then with her, with, with her books, you can support and buy her books and check go to her website where uh, she also has her books, which you can order from her or email her and get copies of her books, or you can even scan your hand and then send it to her and um, uh, have have her read your palm. I think this is so fascinating. I want to thank you, Myrna, for being here with us and and and, and being so flexible when I had to change the time. Oh, so I want to thank right. you, and I thank our listeners here at Off the Shelf. I do hope you enjoyed today's show and that you will go in and check out more about Myrna. Like you said, you can just Google her, Myrna Lou, M Y R N A, Myrna Lou Goldbaum, G O L D B A. Um, and, and you can go over to her website and learn more about her. And if you're interested, you could, if you say, well, you know what, I don't live in Colorado, and you just want to scan your hand and email it to her, you could also do that. So, again, want to thank Myrna. want to thank our listeners. Please come back next Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning where we will bring you another phenomenal guest here at Off the Shelf Radio. Please tell your family, your friends, your colleagues, everybody, they just need to tune in to Off the Shelf. They will love the show because we keep bringing you more and more phenomenal guests. And as I always tell you, remember you are so incredibly fabulous and so incredibly valuable. Go out and create a wonderful, wonderful day for yourself. And Myrna, I will shoot you an email. Bye for now. Oh, thank you so much. Bye-bye.